Hi, and welcome to Unapologetic Women, a podcast about current affairs, culture, politics, life, and how we got here. Brought to you by Tony and Saoirse. These are unscripted conversations about things we care about, not things we are experts in. Oh, and there's probably going to be a bit of swearing too. Hey, Saoirse, how's it going? It's going. How are you? I'm just laughing at our setup. Sorry. <laughs> I'm good. I am back in America, which feels weird to be excited about, but that's the thing that's happening for me this week. It's definitely a weird thing to be excited about. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's it's the it's the weird thing that I've wanted to talk to people about the whole immigration story, and I my mind just goes to I can't. Like, what if I'm being listened? It's just an it's a weird experience. Just wondering how honest and truthful you can be about the experience that you've just had of being in Canada and trying to get back to the country you live and work in. Weird. Well, I don't work, I should preface to anyone listening to this. I am not currently working in America. Let's be very clear. Yeah. Yes. Weird. Just living. Just living. Just, li- just living and being a, a, do- a dotting, doting wife. Is that a word? Doting. Yeah. Yeah. Doting, not dotting. I'd love doting. to know what a dotting wife is. <laughs> a doting wife. Yeah, that was a weird thing to say to, to, yeah, border control. What are you doing? Oh, I'll be supporting mentally my, supporting my husband. Why can't you do both? Why can't I do both what? Work and be a doting wife. Are women not allowed to do both? Well, on the visa that I'm on specifically, I can't. So they, but it was, it's like, it's the, not the trait question, but it is, you know, you do realize you are currently not eligible to work. Yep. So what are you going to be doing? Supporting my husband and doing some yoga, I guess. Nothing wrong yeah. with that, but for someone like me, it's very bizarre. Anyway. It's a whole new world for you. <laughs> it's a whole new world. <sighs> How's life on your end? Life on my end is good. We are pretty much like quasi-living at my wonderful other half's family's home. Every weekend we're down there because they have access to water. So, yeah, in... In that, living in a suitcase, which is strange, but I'm good. I, I just had a coming of age, celebrated that in the mountains. I love how you call it a coming of age. It is, I guess. Did it feel like a big milestone? No. <laughs> I don't, and that's, I think it's like one of those that this year has had so many, like, unexpected and that is the understatement of all time, but just so many unexpected twists and turns that celebrating felt a bit weird. Uh, yeah. But I had really fantastic people around me and we just had some time in the mountains, which is my all-time favorite thing. Lovely. No, no internet, no Wi-Fi, no phones. None of the things. And there was also a power outage, which meant we then actually had no electricity. <laughs> so we played cards with like all kinds of, like there were so many different smells because we obviously weren't prepared for a power outage. So we just used the house that we were staying in. It had a bunch of scented candles. So that's what we used for light. So it was like all different, like ocean breeze, pine wood, <laughs> vanilla, pumpkin. Yeah. yeah like so there was chip a cookie, lot. bring it on. <laughs> There are a lot of scents in that evening that we used as light. So, but yeah, no, back back to reality now, which which is always good. A little dose of reality after being in the mountains. It's weird. I it's, I had my birthday when I was stuck in in Vancouver, and it just came and went. And I was like, oh, okay, next. It's just to your point. Like <laughs> it was a mixture of not 
feeling the desire to celebrate, just feeling a bit bizarre, but also just so much going on that you're like, okay, this feels like very uneventful. Mm. Weird. Weird. This is, God, we haven't spoken for a while. It's bizarre. But we did via Instagram, which seems to be, it's funny this, I, I don't know if you've had this experience as well, but I feel like I'm talking less and less out of the blue with people via text messaging or calling and more via what they're putting on social media. And it just like prompts a conversation. Have you had that feeling as well a little bit? That's how you stay connected with people or some people? Mm, less how I stay connected and more, yeah, it's, I think the shift since I'll say May in how people produce content on social media has changed how in you would way? engage with them is, is how I've seen it in my own bubble. Because people have gone from being like, I'm getting on an airplane today. I'm getting a cup of coffee, like the mundane life tasks that one would normally share on social media to a groundswelling of sharing what they deem to be, and this is specifically US focused, of what they deem to be like the current like bigger, more topic. meaningful conversations. Well, and for, for me as someone who's like lived in the political bubble for a very long time and like seeing people now that are like getting involved, that's great. Like more people should be involved in politics. Yes. It's just fascinating to see the shift of what content is shared now versus what content was shared six months that's ago. That's interesting that ago. you've actually noticed that you've clearly noticed that in your like friendship um, circles. And so curious because Look, the reality is we've had a pandemic. Then there's obviously the whole been the whole Black Lives Matters movement. There's been so many other things. Do you think if there wasn't a pandemic, people wouldn't be posting and sharing as much from that political sort of activism spectrum? Or do you think that they would, but they'd also be posting all the other mundane things that they're doing and it might have gotten, you know, lost? I think we're in a perfect storm. Right. Like we're fully in a perfect storm. And so people are sharing what they deem to be like pub, like PSA, like public service announcements. And that's then littered. And that's then yeah. littered with people's opinion of wherever they're getting that information from. And that just wasn't content that people were sharing previously in, in my personal sphere. Like I would follow organizations that would share that content or. Uh, political candidates particularly, but that wasn't the general tenor of individuals who were hopping on a flight for their next work meeting or, you know, heading out off to Barcelona for the weekend or like enter in normal, what was normal life before March 17th. And so there's also a piece of there isn't other content for folks to share. Because when we first started the pandemic, it was like, here's my new brown bread recipe. Here's my new banana bread. Like, you know, these are the new Tiger King show. Like, that was there. And then all of a sudden, George Floyd's happened again. US really did, then yeah. did translate to the rest of the world. And there was a groundswell, that's the only word I can use, to of folks being like, oh, I yeah. care about this. Like, my feed now changes because, like, the whole world is experiencing something. And it's no longer, like, the fun and games of here's a banana bread, here's, like, a TikTok, like whatever you want to say, it's now I feel like it's it's very important to share why you should wear a mask, what uh, mm. the issues are on the ballot, when are election deadlines across the country, when can you register to vote, what does vote by mail mean? Like 
enter in this continuous list where people have a sense of social responsibility to actually share that content as opposed to their own. Interesting, because you said there's, I think you just said there's a responsibility to do that. Do you think, where is that responsibility coming from? Like, I, I have been thinking about that. Is it like peer pressure? Is it that you're just seeing everyone else doing it that you're like, oh, I, I'm, and I've been thinking a lot about this, but is it like, do I come across as insensitive or clueless or not caring if I don't also put my own content out there? So is there like a mass effect that's happening? Is it that there's nothing else for me to share? And some of us who live in that world know that the algorithm is going to look at, well, you know, if you, and I've seen people complaining that they're not getting, especially on Instagram, they're not getting as many, you know, views and eyes on their posts. And so they have to keep that up. So whatever content is out there, they're just putting it. I'm just curious if you've got from that's what you meant when you said that of, you know, there's a need and put it out there. Yeah, I think there's a couple of different categories of that, right? So there's the people who make money from Instagram and that's their livelihood, right? And their content has to have changed because they can no longer do the things they were doing. So there's like that bucket. Then there's the bucket of people who have found in an awakening in them of wanting to be a educated citizen, participate more, like actively be involved in a dialogue. And then I think there are people who are saying like, well, yeah. everyone else is Which doing is not this, I should be doing this. And I think the, those are three, and I don't think it's a bad thing, right? That's, if you want to talk about awareness, right? That's the whole premise of an awareness campaign is to get other people to feel like, oh, I should be doing this too. Whatever your end goal of that awareness campaign is, whether it's to you know raise a million dollars or change a voting thing or sell a product, right? Like, Awareness campaigns exist for that very reason, for people to say like, oh, I want to That's actually a perfect segue into, I can't remember, it was a couple of weeks ago, there was the whole challenge accepted campaign that, you know, apparently there's millions of people who've now tagged it, which was the whole black, you know, post a, a black and white photo of yourself and very much the sort of chain mail effect of you tag people to do it. And I remember thinking, God, I, you know, it was like the bucket challenge and all these, I personally, I've just never had. I don't know. I'm just not a bad or good experience. I've just never had that need, even with chain mail. I just always would ignore it. And actually, I got one the other day, which is very bizarre getting a chain mail in 2020. I was like, this is so weird. But then I started reading a couple of articles, specifically Taylor Lawrence's piece, where she actually thinks it's, you know, it's, it goes against the grain. It's not a great idea to do it. It probably does, you know, more harm than good. Although she doesn't actually say it does any harm, but she's just like, I don't understand. You know, it seems like a petty or small thing to, to be doing. Um, and it, it prompted a conversation, which I kind of love between you and I, we kind of had this discussion like via Instagram. So I was curious, like, I think we both had very different experiences and I'd love to kick off with like, what was your experience with the, you know, the challenge accepted and the black and white pictures? Because it sounds like you actually had a beautiful experience with it. The challenge accepted thing, I, it really annoys me when people pick something that they decide is bad. Right, it feeds into the same construct as cancel culture, like the whole conversation and dialogue that's happening right now. And this to me felt like a new thing that someone could pick on because they didn't like it. And so they decided it was bad and they were going to badmouth it and say that the women who are participating in it were yeah. not actually doing things and were not active and were not, you know, really a part of women's equality because they dared to share a black and white photo with particular hashtags. The whole premise of a hashtag is that it gains traction and increases visibility. So that really annoyed me. For me, I personally yeah. participated in that cha challenge, we'll call it. I wouldn't also wouldn't call it a challenge, but sure. 
and yeah, I had the experience of people being delighted about it, being, you know, wanting to learn more, asking the question of, oh, why is, why are you doing this? You know, how are you doing, like that conversation to me is the whole premise of why an awareness campaign exists, which is what that was. You then go into the track of people deciding where it came from, who owned it, what that was. There doesn't have like women's equality, like equal women does not, no one owns that. That is a, that is a movement. That is a thing that if you identify as a female, you can participate in that and no one should have ownership over who participates and how they participate. That is the whole premise. And if, if the opinion of some folks is that a posting a photo is not enough, then don't come back with a, like, just a, that's not enough. Come back with other things you would like them to do, resources that you would like them to engage with, and create your own awareness campaign. Like, I hate people that complain for the sake of complaining. It's interesting. That's my feeling. And it's a feeling. (laughs) But it was was fascinating because you brought up, I think, it was interesting because I, and I've evolved a little bit on this thinking and it's why I loved having that exchange with you over, over Instagram. And I could feel it. I was like, oh, social's been rubbed the wrong way. Not because you actually also said it, but you, it was, you brought up something that I found fascinating, which was, so for me, I was just like, I don't, I was very short-sighted in the thing. I was like, I don't see what this is going to add. I don't see where this is going. I also found the premise very vague and unclear and for me, there was no call to action. And I was just like, uh, yep, I'll pass. But no, no issues with it. I have no qualms. I'm just going to pass. And I got, you know, quite a few people asking me to do it. And I just all tagging me or nominating me, whatever that premise was. But what you brought up for me is, which I love, is like, well, look at it in the sense of a campaign and a ladder, a ladder of engage- engagement. You've got to bring that barrier to entry as low as possible to get people who wouldn't normally engage. And if, you know, 80%, it sounds like what you were saying, there's a, you know, if 80, 90% of those people jock off, fine. But if you get that 10% to do the next step and the next step after that, then it's actually worthwhile. So I don't, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a basic tactic and strategy that's used in political campaigns and used in commercial yeah. engagement to introduce folks to either a product or a candidate or a referendum, movement, like enter in thing here, a really basic entry point Sometimes that's a join our email list. Sometimes that's a follow us on Facebook. Sometimes it's a share a photo of yourself in black and white with this hashtag. That is the entry point. If you as an individual then want to take that ladder, right, actually follow the trajectory of what does women's equality mean for you in this example, then more power to you. But if the surface level thing is the only thing you want to engage with, that is totally okay. Right? Like that's the thing for me. Why, why discredit women for doing something that they feel is empowerment to them? It's also it, like there isn't another thing that we need to pile on top the piece. of women not having equality. There was two things for me that I was just like, oh, this is fascinating. One is this is social media. So there's no way in hell that we can know actually what people are doing behind the scenes, which is always my thing that I found fascinating when you put a lot, when you put a lot of yourself or you put a lot on social media is. People expect that everything that you put out there is actually everything that you do, which is always a thing that drives me a little insane. And it's one of those where I was like, I very rarely share pictures of my my other half. I very rarely share. And it, so it, if, you, if you believed only what you saw on the web, you'd think that I was a single woman with, with a doc, like as simple as that. So there's something there of you can't, you know, when, when you hear journalists, you hear the people saying, well, you're not doing enough, but you've got no fucking idea what I'm doing behind the scenes. So stop it. 
But also that other piece, which I think to your like, the element that you were saying there of like, it's a perfect storm. It really does. And I think this is the heart of it for me. It really does feel like right now people need something to hate on. They like, and if we're all angry. We're all angry. We're all pissed. We're all miserable. We're all tired. We're all confused. Like we're living in the middle of a pandemic. People are, you know, are fed up with it. There's, you know, there's a whole Black Lives Matters movement that's been brewing under the surface for fucking hundreds of years that's coming, you know, and it just feels like why, so they're picking, they're taking something to take their anger out on. And there's something there that I'm just like, oof. I don't know. It's just, it scares me a little bit of, is this really the thing that we're going to waste time and energy on when you look at the amount of pieces that were written about? Was this a good or a bad thing? And it's like, there's so much other things that we should be talking about. And so there's something there of like, why aren't we talking about why we're angry about a ridiculous campaign? And I say ridiculous, not because it was ridiculous, but it's like the idea that we're complaining about this thing. We're taking people down for but participating like, or I, not. Well, the, there's that. And then there's also the journalistic viewpoint of that. That to me is not, is not news. It is not news that people are posting. Like, would it be news if Coca-Cola did a new product launch and their request that went viral was to take a picture of your Coke can that said your name on it? Because fun fact, they did yeah. that. And no one wrote a news article about it. Why is it news if it's women's equality? Oh, like, interesting. that drives me insane. It's it, like, it's a used tactic. It's the same tactic of if I go out tomorrow and buy Epsom salt, and then I get an email request from them being like, hey, did you like your purchase? If so, share it on Facebook with this hashtag. It's the same thing. It's the virality of whatever the end product is. In this conversation, it's women's equality which is why it drives me up the wall that people have an opinion about it, especially women, that is negative. So would you rather it's not news? I would definitely rather that there isn't a question of, the, of whether or not it was valid. Because you're it looking be at it. news all day long. But then are you looking at this in the lens of it's, it's a great marketing campaign or are you looking at the lens of it's, a, it's the beginning of a potential big awareness campaign for whatever it is women supporting women, women's rights, and hence the good thing that it's in the news and it's talked about. I, I've never been a believer of all, good, all press, press is good press, yeah. honestly. The, the, <laughs> the thing that is quite funny about this is like by writing newspaper articles and by having like opinions, even us having this conversation, that increases awareness, right? So that feeds into the actual objective of said thing, regardless of where it was created or originated. However, that my problem with people's like engagement with this has been the negativity around why women choose to do such a thing and then setting that barrier against that they've decided that that may not be enough. When why are you not mad at Coca-Cola? And it's interesting because I think you even said this in our exchange. And I hope you don't mind. I'm like blabbering on about the, but it's, you know, because I'm, I always know that I say stupid things. I'm like, please don't bring that up ever again on the phone call. But you said something that was really valid, which was we wouldn't even be having this exchange if it wasn't for this campaign, um, which was fascinating. Oh, 100%. Which is fascinating. And yet, and I mean, I guess that's the whole premise of, of, of our whole podcast. We love these kind of, you know, having opinions and, and having discussions. And it brings back to me of, as a journalist, should you be having strong opinions by things like that? Or should you just be sharing the facts? And so there's a world in which the Taylor Lawrences of the world who, you know, I think she has some really valid thoughts, but it is very opinionated. So did she distract from the whole campaign by making such a negative message and such a negative 
veil on this whole campaign? Did that distract from actually the end goal, whatever that end goal was? Yeah. And like, if you look back at the awareness piece, people found out about mass murdering of females because yeah. of this, right? Like there's, there's that lens, which to me, that is news, right? That's the news piece of this because everyone got so mad. We all had to find someone who this belonged to that weren't women that they decided weren't allowed to participate in it. And so great, that actually came out of it. We had some some breaking news for people who do not live in that country and are maybe not being shown it because the news broadcasts that you receive here tend to have such an opinion. And it's Turkey, so um, there's not a lot coming out of that country when it comes to feminicide. Femicide. No, not at all. But like the that piece of it is is good, right? Like you you're finding out different areas where women's equality no longer it doesn't exist, hasn't existed, and what's happening there in those places. But to your point around like the journalistic integrity, I'm gonna call it, op-eds exist for a reason. If you have an opinion on something, write an op-ed. Do not publish it as fact from a journal, from Wall Street Journal, New York Times, from a respected institute. Op-eds exist for a reason. If you have an opinion, use that. Do not put it across as fact as a journal journalist. Just like that's how, that's my personal opinion on that. It's fascinating. It's fascinating how like, the, the, especially when it comes to social media, but the social media culture lens, how it's bringing up all of these debates. And I also think honestly, and it was true for me as well, like I had a desire to dig into where did this come from? I also had people be angry that I didn't follow up on the nomination, which I found fascinating. And I was like, oh God, this is, this is a whole thing. Anyway, what an experience. A choice, right? Like if, if you choose not to participate, that's your choice. I think that's the piece that annoys me here is like the women who chose to participate, great. The women who chose not to. And to your point, just, just because you didn't share that on Facebook doesn't mean you didn't go and donate to Planned Parenthood. We didn't go and engage with your local city councillors who, you know, are female, women who are running for, like, that's the piece that's missing. And one isn't better, and this is what, and I think this is a nice bit to end on, is like, one isn't better than the other. I remember talking with my dad, who's like, you need to be standing on a street corner. This was back in the days of his memory of protesting, making change happen, being an activist was, you, st- you march, you stand on a street corner, you carry a bat, you whatever it is. And I was like, no, I'm doing a lot of that online. I'm signing. He's like, that's not enough. That's not, that's not activism. Well, it's looking different today, but also we all have our different avenues. We all have the different things that we're comfortable doing. We all have the things that we can and can't do, which is just fascinating. I think that's the interesting thing for me with the social media culture right now is it's opening up so many more avenues for people, as you mentioned. I'm just like, fuck, if someone's never felt the desire or the strength to post a selfie, this might have been the first time they did it of themselves. Hell yes to that. It point blank lowers the barrier, the entry into whatever the outcome is. And there's also, like I, there was a thread on some platform, I can't remember if it was Twitter or, or Instagram, on a woman who did the self, the black and white thing and then also shared an image of, hey, I'm actually also donating. So if you if you can financially engage with this, please do so here, right? Like it doesn't, you don't have to just do the challenge. If you are someone who likes to donate, then great, go ahead and donate. But if you are not financially able to do that, you shouldn't be made feel bad for it. Yeah. One last question before we leave. Is the, is the action, the movement for you more important than the end goal? In this instance. Depends on what the end goal is. Yeah. 
But in this instance, was it, you know, I don't even know what the end goal was. So maybe that's even a bad question. But yeah, for you, it was, it sounds like. To me, it's awareness. It, so it's the participation. Yeah, like I, that's how I felt about when, as, as soon as I was prompted to participate in that. Great. This is a brand awareness campaign, but that is like my job. So I know that, right? Like I know the tactics that go into yeah, that. You appreciate it. Cool. Brand awareness on board. Let's do that. Because there was no other additional like entry point. And it's funny because I looked at it at the lens of, I don't, un- yeah, don't understand what the call to action is. Whereas if the goal was, let's elect a hundred women into office, that tactic doesn't work. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like the goal is not black and white selfie. The goal is conversations like this, in my opinion, yep. right? An awareness campaign is to trigger other thought processes. It's not necessarily to trigger a direct action enter in voting enter in fundraising enter in attending an event right like all of the entry point it's the entry point and then people the other like and i the npr thing that we listen to right like when you're talking about the ownership of where something comes from unless someone has trademarked a hashtag which i don't believe anyone has then there's no ownership of virality there is there is no ownership of and there shouldn't like, be. It just isn't. And it shouldn't be because the internet, to, in my opinion, is a human right, right? Like that is, it's the same way I feel about healthcare and education. Like it's, yeah, we've gone on a rabbit hole. Yeah, that's, a, that's probably a topic for another day. Yeah, it's a topic for another day that the, the, the whole ownership of this. But, but yeah, so it's conversations worth having. Hashtag challenge accepted. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us and for sticking with us until the end. Welcome to all of the new people. Hope you enjoyed your first episode. You can always get all of the episodes at www.unapologeticwomen.co. You can also follow us on Instagram and you can find all of these on all of the places you would normally get your episodes. Thank you and talk to you next week.